special interview time. We just play the Mandalorian theme music, of course, right? And it's hey, our second time. Sorry on to keep Glo- you waiting. That's quite I can get right. my, my uh, internet nope. connection to work. Nice. We're Same old happy. story, huh? Nice. Yes, of course. We are so happy to have on Below the Belt show for the second time on BTB, actress extraordinaire, The Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, Supernatural, Castlevania, the list goes on and on. Emily Swallow, good to have you back on BTB. So good to be here. Yes, yes. I'm, I'm in the uh, Mando mood there. Got my uh, I love it. Mando uh, <laughs> pullover, and uh, I'm on Tatooine right now, and. Uh, of course, I'm oh, joined by you. Dean Rogers as well. Uh, Emily, it's it's so great to have you back on BTB. Um, I know you got a lot of awesome stuff to talk about, but uh, if we could first talk about what you're in rehearsal for, because you you are in a play, and uh, if we could talk about it in yeah. Los Angeles, yes. Yes, and I'm actually not in rehearsal anymore. We opened on Saturday. Not in rehearsal. Not running now. Okay, yeah. so you're ready to rock and roll. Yeah, well, we, I, I, we are doing some rehearsals now because we have uh, understudies who are preparing, you know, in case they have to go in. So we're still doing rehearsals for that. I feel like our work is never done, but we have opened and we are performing. So, um, so yeah, we, we've gotten to have some audiences now and it's been a lot of fun. That's right. King Lear in Los Angeles. Yes. And uh, you'll be playing uh, Goneril. Um, Goneril, yes, name, yes, right. Opposite <laughs> Joe Morton from Scandal. Yeah, that part. guy. Not too yeah. shabby. Yeah, especially since this is the second time you played against him. You played against him in Henry the Fourth Parts One and Two way back in 2008. So how does it feel to have that connection once again? He just keeps following me around. Now, um, <laughs> I actually was in. Henry the Fourth with him, but we never were on stage together. Wow. Um, so it's really cool to actually get to work with him this time. He plays my father, and um, we don't have a terribly happy relationship. We fight just a little bit, and getting to go toe to toe with Joe Morton is unbelievable. In real life, he is absolutely warm and lovely, and such an incredible actor. He's so generous. He's so um, I mean, King Lear is just a beast of a role. It's it's up there with, uh, it's like the granddaddy of Hamlet. Um, and he is just, it's such uh, an incredible thing to get to watch him work on that role and then to get to see him do it every night, sometimes two times a day when we have two performances. It's just a master, cla- master class in acting. So it's wow. been incredible. I'm loving it. Wow. And why is it so important for for actors to return back to the stage if they're usually doing film and television? Why do you feel well, I, I don't know that it's important for every actor. I know for yeah. me, um, I love the rehearsal process of theater and I love I love that that it's not as rushed as TV and, and a lot of film. I love that you have a rehearsal process where you're getting to work on a role gradually and you're getting to really collaborate with other actors in a way that you often don't have time to do when you're doing TV. And it really is about the acting process. You know, you're in a room for eight hours a day rehearsing a, um, a, a, a role. You're rehearsing these scenes over and over and over. You're getting to find a level of nuance that you just don't have time to find. And throughout the run of the play, you're getting to uncover things, you know, in week two or three or four of the the performance that you never even 
imagined when you were doing it in week one. And it's the kind of things that, um, that you just never, I guess those kinds of things can be revealed when you're doing television and film, but it's more often, I think things that are uncovered in the, the editing process. Um, you happen to discover them on a given take, but you might not even realize it. You get lucky. Um, but to be able to find them and then to repeat them and to dig deeper and deeper, um, it's a it's a different different way of uncovering a character and uncovering a story. And I feel like I learn more as an actor when I'm doing theater. It's where uh, I really have to be focused and I really have to trust because it's not as much about discovering things in the moment and then okay, I found that. I don't have to worry about that anymore and I can move on. It's it's mm -hmm. something that I have to repeat over and over again. Mm -hmm. um, and I just love, I love getting to collaborate with the other actors that way. Amazing, amazing. Well, let's talk about uh, you getting the call to reprise your role as the armor in, in Book of Boba Fett. Oh my uh, God. Because <laughs> I was watching season two. I didn't see the armor. I'm like, where is I the know. I didn't. <laughs> I heard myself a lot and people kept, it, it's funny because there's still some people who they asked me about the Mandalorian, asked me about season two. And I say, Oh well, no, I wasn't in season two. And they say, Oh no, yes, you were, you were there. And I said, no, it really wasn't. People will swear that I was in season two, yeah, but I, I, I definitely wasn't. I think you're mentioned. In, uh, I was mentioned. You hear my voice a few times, right? but mm -hmm. I definitely did not get a paycheck for season two. So I wasn't there. <laughs> So you get the call for Book of Boba Fett, and uh, how, how are you feeling at this point? Oh, my gosh. It was um, – well, I was so excited, of course, yeah. because there's so much secrecy around these shows that you never yeah. know. They they don't tell you in advance whether or right. not you're back. Um, and it's just such a uh, – you know, I have no reason to believe that they – need to use me again. They have so many wonderful characters. They have so many storylines. Of course, I think the armor should be back, but what do I know? Um, so they called me and, uh, or they didn't call me. My agent told me that I'd gotten an offer to come back. And then, and then I got a script and I read that script and I said, what? Because there was so much lore that I was revealing. Yes. I had to get on a, a Zoom call with John and Dave and I said, okay, um, <laughs> you got to catch me up here because I know some, <laughs> of this, some of this is probably stuff that I'm supposed to know and that mm -hmm. the fans already know. And some of this, I think, is brand new information. So catch me up to speed here. I want to be clear on like what we've already established in the canon what is new information? You know, what, what am I, cause I could tell this was some really important, um, star Wars dirt that I was going to be yes, revealing. Yes. Old, I should say not dirt. Um, and they just walked me through all of it and they told mm -hmm. me, you know, what if it had already been laid out? What if it was new stuff? What if it, they were like, mm, I don't know, we'll see. Um, which is always fun because they, they're geniuses and they're, they? they're, and they're also like kids who are just in love with Star Wars. So it's amazing to me as they're writing these stories, mm -hmm. they do have some really solid ideas and, you know, things that they're, they're holding to as sort of the kernels of the, the story that they, they, they know are true. And then there's other things that they sort of put out there and they say, mm, we don't really know where this is going to go. We'll see. 
and then they might come back to it or they might not. And then um, there might be things that they've laid out there from like episodes before or seasons before. Right. And they say, oh, you know what? We said that a little while ago. Why don't we pick that up again? Um, and it's just lovely how it how some things are very deliberate and yeah. some things just yeah. come back when they're supposed to. And you see how, oh, yeah, well, of course that's supposed to happen. And that character's <laughs> supposed to come back. And this worked out mm -hmm. the way it was supposed to. And um, I mean, my character originally was going to die at the end of season one. She was going to sacrifice really? herself to stormtroopers. But clearly. I'm glad they had other plans. Me too. <laughs> now, now, John Favreau's a super fan, and Dave Filoni's super fan as well. Mm -hmm. uh, he was the one under the mask. Is Paz Vizsla, right? Was 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 well, was John under the mask? He was not wearing the suit. He was. Okay, the he was not wearing the suit. Yeah. No, but there is a wonderful, wonderful actor named Tate Fletcher who's under the who's in that ah. suit, and he is he deserves credit because he he was sweating it okay. out inside that suit. <laughs> John provided the voice. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, and that's, that's the thing. On, on your episode five of Book of Boba Fett, we le we learned so much about the importance of the dark saber. Yeah, which, which is uh, such an integral part of the Mandalorian um, lore and the storyline. Of course, hopefully, be revisited in season three. And uh, and part of that lore is wearing um, the helmet and not being able to show your face. Uh, I was curious. Would you hope in future episodes uh, they would eventually want to show uh, the lovely? person that is you oh, <laughs> under the armor helmet or do you prefer the mystique of of the, you know, the i i'm not attached either way because i'm sure if they did decide to show my face it would be for a good reason so you know i leave that to them um i used to really want to get to to take off my helmet but now i i've really um enjoyed that we don't know what she looks like because as i have gone out into the world of conventions and i've talked to yes. fans especially talking to women and little girls about this character i just appreciate so much that there's she's she's such a a strong character and she seems to inspire so many people um and she's such a sort of moral center um and that she carries this 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 power and this inspiration with her and then it has nothing to do with what she looks like and yeah i believe me you know being a, a woman in hollywood <laughs> i'm all too aware of what i look like and you know how i fit into certain types and how i get cast in certain roles or not cast in certain roles and so to get to play this character who has become so beloved and to know that that it has nothing to do with my looks is really wonderful. So I kind of like that we we still don't know what she looks like under there. So I'm I'm fine either way. Okay. Okay. Maybe we'll get that answer in season three. You never know. Uh, obviously, uh, <laughs> we can't talk about season three. Um, but what, huh? What show? I know, right? <laughs> I wish we could. <laughs> but uh, you'll be reunited with some of your co-stars uh, in Anaheim uh, next weekend. Yes. Um, are you excited Very about excited. Star Wars Celebration, yes. which I had the pleasure of attending in 2017, and it's a must-attend um, convention for any Star Wars fan. 
That's what um, I keep hearing. I've never been, and I, I hear that I am in for the adventure of a lifetime. Yeah, I mean, just a few, including yourself, Emily. Mandalorian stars Carl Weathers, Katie Sackhoff, Giancarlo Esposito, Tamora Morrison, and Carrie Jones, uh, uh, Crescenton himself. I was curious, maybe out of those actors, or maybe other actors I haven't mentioned, is there anyone you would love to work with that you haven't worked with yet? Um, well, Giancarlo and I haven't gotten to work together. I actually never even met him until this past November. And I remember um, season one, way back in 2018, when I was filming my episodes, I, you know, I didn't know who else was on the show unless I worked with them. But I remember walking on to set one day um, or walking under the, go, going to the studio lot and going to my dressing room and on one of the dressing room doors, I saw Giancarlo's name and I freaked out because I just am such a fan of his work. I think he's phenomenal. As am I. Yes. But then I never saw him. He wasn't there that day. We didn't have any scenes together. I didn't meet him season one. I didn't meet him until November of 2021 when we were at a convention together. And so I've gotten to see him at conventions, but I have never gotten to work with him. And so I want there to be a Moff Gideon armor showdown. Yes. Oh, MG, I think the fans would love to see that. Right. That yeah. would be amazing. Yeah, I definitely think so, too. And it's fun to be talking with you, Emily, because you grew up in Sterling, Virginia, which is not too far from where I am in Annandale, Virginia. You oh, were nice. born in Washington, D.C. And uh-huh. I got a two-part question. The first-part question is, what is your favorite thing that you miss about the DMV, the Washington, D.C. metro area? What's What do you miss? I miss um, having such easy access to the Smithsonian and all of the national monuments. I mean, I remember as a kid just always taking the metro in and and like getting to go to the one of my earliest memories is of like the big blue whale at the Natural History Museum. Yes. Um, <laughs> and just, you know, get, getting to go do that as a casual day to day thing was so wonderful. And then I uh, we moved away when I was still in elementary school, but then I went back. Um, I went to college in Virginia, and then when I was in college, I had an internship at the State Department, and so I was living in D.C. for a summer, and I would just go running um, around, like, all of the monuments on the downtown mall and stuff, and, like, when that can just be a part of your everyday life, it's sort of, it's bizarre, because it's, there's beautiful buildings, um, and it's, it's, uh, and we're, we're such a, Relatively speaking, we're such a young nation, but to see yes. those buildings that are the seat of our of our government um, fills you with a little bit of awe, and it's it's a nice feeling. It is a great feeling, and since you've been an actress, you played in the world of Star Wars and you played in the world of Shakespeare. Do you feel there is an overlap between Shakespeare and the Star Wars saga, and we can add supernatural to the mix at the same time? Definitely. I mean, I think that that one of the reasons all of those stories appeal to us um, is because they tap into um, these universal myths and these universal struggles that we have and these uh, these struggles that 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 just go with being human of fighting between 
you know, we all have darkness in us. We all have light and good in us. Mm -hmm. And we're always, I think, wanting to be better than we actually are and trying to reconcile those dark parts of us. Um, I think that, that George Lucas was, I think that the reason that those stories still endure is because he wrote about the, um, you know, the hero's journey and, and we all, no matter what we do, whether our work is something very mundane or something that seems more romantic or more glamorous, there's still that yearning for that, um, you know, some sort of like hero's quest, something mythical and archetypal. And I think that we are, all identify with those characters. And I think that we saw, I think that we saw that kind of thing in Supernatural, you know, it came back to family and, Shakespeare, especially King Lear comes back to family and this um, this version of the play that we're doing, because we've actually cut some characters, um, we've rearranged a few things and it really comes back to the the central family struggles in the play. And um, and Star Wars really comes back to family. I mean, people find out they're related. Absolutely. They have no idea. <laughs> um, and I think that that's I think that that's something that uh, that we can all relate to, whether it's our our given family, our, our origin family, or it's our adopted family, you know, the family mm -hmm. that we create around us. Um, that's something that we're always contending with. We're always either struggling because we don't connect to our family or we're searching for another family or we're wanting better connection with our family. Um, those things are always there. So I think that that's, that's something that connects them for sure. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. Shakespeare. I mean, like the Montagues, the Capulets, and in Star Wars, the Skywalkers and the Palpatines, you know, yeah. and, you know instead of swords, we have lightsabers. So it, there was a lot of parallels with Star Wars and Shakespeare, for sure. Definitely. I, I love that. That is really, really awesome. Um, so start going back to Star Wars Celebration, because, again, it's it's the biggest uh, Star Wars convention and it's it's brings so many fans. Um I was curious how you thought uh, on the, the fandom that that now that you're part of this universe, I mean, there are no more. I don't think there's any more more rabid fan base than Star Wars is what I'm trying to say. So uh, you have your own action figure, right? And, uh, and pop oh figure, yeah. you know, things like that. Like, you know, uh, how does it feel to be just part of the fandom? It's I mean, there's no words to describe it. It is yeah. euphoric and it's. I wouldn't call it a rabid fandom because that sounds sort of scary to okay. me. I would call yeah. it a very passionate, passionate, okay, and joyful <laughs> fandom. Mm -hmm. um, and it truly is joyful because uh, it 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 spans every generation. I love that it's something that families get to participate in together. You know, I have people my age that I went to school with who tell me that. They're finally cool with their kids now because they know me. Um, so their kids think that they're awesome. And I feel that way too, because my nephews who are, uh, one of them is turning nine tomorrow and the other one is 10. Um, they, you know, this is the only thing I've ever done that they care about. Um, so I'm finally cool. <laughs> and it's just, it is something Castlevania, that, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, they're not really into Castlevania. Um, it's something that inspires so much creativity and mm. so much um, so much generosity. You know, I'm I I didn't oh. know until I started doing the conventions about all of the work that the Rebel Legion and the 501st and the Mandalorian Merc do. Yes. 
Um, and I love that they're doing all this tremendous charity work while they're building all of their own costumes and they look incredible and just having so much fun. Um, it's just, it's amazing to me how all these people come together to do so much good while celebrating these stories. And it's a tremendous joy. And the fandom has been so welcoming. One of my favorite things now, every time I go to a convention is to go find, you know, the table for the, the various, uh, the 501st and the Mercs and the, the Rebel mm -hmm. Legion and get to meet them and take pictures and, and just get to know the community. So it's been a wild, wild ride. And I can't believe I get to be part of it. And have you seen any armor cosplayers? I have, yes. Yeah? Of various ages. I've gotten to meet a few little girls dressed as armorers who are absolutely <laughs> adorable. I even have, um, I had uh, a fan who made me an armorer costume for my dog, which oh. is <laughs> wow. the best. That is awesome. What kind of dog do you have? Armorer. She is uh, half Boston Terrier, half French Bulldog. That must be the cutest thing on Instagram. Yeah, she's pretty and cute. Armor, and an armor cosplay. That's amazing. Well, yep. speaking of armor, if you had a chance to design your own armor in the universe of Star Wars, do you have a design in mind and what would it be? Oh, my gosh. I've never been asked that and I haven't thought about it. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm horribly unimaginative about these things compared to basically everyone mm. in the fandom. Mm -hmm. Um. I like my own armor so much. There's nothing wrong with that. Armor. You're the only um, uh, Mandalorian fur too, right? Yeah, it cracks me up because she's <laughs> like around fire all the time, and she's like, "Yeah, I wear fur, so <laughs> I'm not scared." We've decided that she's either so confident in her forging skills that she's like daring the sparks to to hit her um or it comes from some non-flammable space creature so it's not going to catch fire mm -hmm. but i kind of like the the first idea that she's just like yeah i dare you i dare you flames i dare you to touch me um and uh i like although i i you know when i i've gotten to see so many awesome cosplay ideas um, there was one that I saw that was like a, a combination of, uh, oh, what two characters? There was like an, uh, an Alpine armorer or not armor, an Alpine Mandalorian that looked pretty cool. So it had fur, but it was like all white cool. and that was like stylish. That's <laughs> rad. Like that. I don't I know love how practical it. it is, but. <laughs> That's awesome. Have you cosplayed yourself? I never Outside have. Okay. No, someone has offered to make me a set of my own armor, so maybe I should take them up on that. Yes. <laughs> that would be absolutely tremendous. Now, an armor backstory. And what um, what would you like to see uh, if they were to explore a backstory for the armor in a future episode? Oh. Well, I kind of like that there's so much mystery. Although, okay. whenever people ask me what the armorer's name is, I usually say it's something like Pam or sue something just very simple i think it'd be fun to just throw everybody for a loop and have her be really 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 simple i love it wow thank you so much emily and of course make sure for you los angelinos or beyond make sure you check out king lear 
at the Wallace Annenberg Center for the Performing Arts, uh, which shows uh, from uh, up until June 5th, right? Right. Awesome. And if you could, just for great time's sake, let us know who you are, Emily, your character, on the, and, and you're on Below the Belt show. I play Goneril and King Lear, and I am on Below the Belt show. Awesome. Can we do one more and just say yeah. who, your name as well? Oh, sorry. So awesome. you want me to say my name, and I'm you're, on Below the Your belt. claims to fames, uh, Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, and on okay. Below the Belt show. I'm Emily Swallow. I play the armorer on The Mandalorian and The Book of Boba Fett, and I am on Below the Belt show. This is the way. This is the way. <laughs> All right, and we'll do a snapshot really quick on one, two, and smile. Emily, and of course, Rachel from PR Machine. Thank you so much. Thank you. Sorry again for the delay. I'm glad it's that this quite right. May the force be with you, and this is the way. And thank you also for switching the, the times around. I know we had to do that a couple of times, and I appreciate it. Anything for a Mandalorian. It's all right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Take care. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks, Rachel. Bye. Bye.